Hello, hello, hello. Welcome. Yeah. Proof Beyond Reason, episode Ooh. number 25. It's crazy, 25. Very excited about number 25. Um, quick shout out to uh, a local artist we have here in Orlando. His name is Soja. Um, he has a website called Soja I Am. So that's S O U L J A I A M dot com. Um, he puts out a lot of quality music. He has, uh, I've been to a couple of his events and um, great stage presence. Really young guy, does his thing. Uh, so check him out, soldierim.com. Download his music, purchase, donate. If he's in concert, check him out. Uh, but he's someone to look out for, up and comer. Um, gee, what's, what's the status on your book? I haven't got the link yet. How come you haven't sent me the link? You haven't asked for the link, first of all, but I shall send everyone. Just make sure you give me your email. Please. And I shall send you the link. No, I shall send you the whole ebook. How oh, about yeah, that? Yeah. I'll oh take yeah. the ebook. I'll take, Just that. take the ebook. If you want a link to G's book, uh, email us, proofbeyondreason at gmail.com. Yep. And uh, he'll send you a link so you can purchase it. It's not free, ladies and gentlemen, but it is, uh, it is a book that I want to read. So I want to check it out. Check out the blog as well, geologyblog.com. So here we got uh, our guest again, came back for the second time. Yeah. I mean, the first time wasn't a bad experience. Ooh. We got John here. So we're trying to figure out his, uh, his, his stage name. So, you know, if you guys want to <laughs> suggest a stage name, we're kind of like in the same boat we were with Ivan. Ivan was, was a little bit on yep. the fence. I said J-Mo. You know, it just makes sense for me. <laughs> um, but if you don't like J-Mo, let us know. But my thought is we stick with J-Mo. So what um, happens if? I don't like J Mo. If, <laughs> <laughs> if you don't like J Mo, then we just uh, we just call him John. He's boring old John. <laughs> yeah, boring old John. That'll be his name. Um, but thank you, thank you for coming back. Yeah, Hopefully, no uh, we have John here as a regular on the show and um, covering topics that we have to discuss. Um, so let's jump right in. We're on Facebook Live right now. Uh, we just put out episode number twenty-four on iTunes, SoundCloud, YouTube. Yep. Uh, so check us out there. Um, but today's episode, we are talking about chaos. So chaos is um, is exactly that. It's you know it's what I'm seeing in the culture, uh, but there's so much to it. There's so many layers to, to chaos, and um, you know one of the the things when when I was thinking about the topic and um, and just thinking about this the how our culture, how our world is kind of evolving now that we have the internet. Uh, we've had the internet for years, but now it's becoming a global thing. Um, the globalization of commerce, of relationships, of social media, and so forth, it really has caused this weird dynamic that we're seeing, you know, uh, in the world. And I just I listed a few things, um, you know, that I'm that I've analyzed, and um, and part of what I do for my job, you know, and and. We've got, man, we've got so much chaos. We have so many crisis moments mm -hmm. because now we have the ability to expose them. We have mm -hmm. camera phones so we can record and see that there's a crisis moment or there's issues going on. Uh, but you have things like human trafficking. Mm -hmm. Now the exposure of human trafficking, there's a lot of research out there that we have more human trafficking today than we've ever had in all of human history. So we talk about slaves and, and you know, slaves from Africa, slaves from Ireland, slaves from wherever – um, human trafficking, uh, slavery, uh, forced labor, sex slavery, it's higher than it's ever been. Close to zero. That's Tampa. Tampa's like number one in the world. Really? I didn't know. Well, Orlando, UCF, is one of the top schools for 
um, for those services, like mm-hmm. like sex trafficking services. Wow. Students just volunteering themselves so that they can pay for college. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, uh, opioid crisis. So painkillers. Uh, there's a significant amount of overdose. Hundreds of thousands of people are dying every year because people are addicted to uh, to these painkillers. They're addicted to to these um, what is it? Uh, uh, Methadone? No, not methadone. Um, it's like a well, it depends on the painkillers. Right. Like, does some have like a naproxen or like it's a more of a codeine? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, that's what I was looking for. Yeah. Um, and so it's it, it gives you that relaxing feeling, and people have been just overdosing. It's literally a crisis in the U.S. costing hospitals because of labor force and all millions and millions of dollars. Like cities are losing millions and millions of dollars because people are overdosing on these drugs. Mm-hmm. It's insane. Um, just read off a few healthcare staffing crises. So there's a shortage of, of healthcare professionals in order to help accommodate for the need for the demand that there are, is for health uh, healthcare throughout the world. STDs are on the rise, continued on the rise. So um, the CDC, according to the CDC, millions, millions more cases than there ever have been. Um, syphilis, chlamydia, just mi- in the millions, just climbing every year. Um, and and it's not stopping. <laughs> you know what's crazy is because when we were younger, um, like in the early 90s, they had this outbreak of AIDS. But you don't really hear about that, right? You don't you hear about so much. Like You don't because they're, they're, I think the AIDS epidemic, they it's, it's maybe controlled, but there's other ways to get other STDs. Mm-hmm. So STDs are, you know, through the roof. And, and AIDS is present. But, yeah, you're right. Yeah, I, right. I don't hear the media, like the media exposure of AIDS as, as much mm-hmm. in this country anyway. At least, you know, where we are. Um, Hollywood rape allegations. Oh, yeah. So it's chaotic. Yo, Uh, I literally like directors. um, Some of the most famous directors of movies we've seen. mm -hmm. Just eight, eight cases open for rape allegations. It's insane. I mean, it's not anything new. I think we just live in a society where everybody has a camera phone and everybody is uh, willing to speak about certain things. But society i don't think has changed that's the thing the chaos is rising to the top so if it was if it was hidden for a while now it's rising to the now top so people can see it yeah, yeah so it's being exposed um abortions rampant abortions across the board the availability for abortions uh the debate between is it life is it not life is just more and more evidence now scientists are tackling it even deeper before it was kind of just okay no this is what we say now it's being forced the issue is being forced to get researched and now they're starting to say well you know what we were wrong in these areas we're starting to 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 side with the the reality of of what we've always talked about as far as uh, what life is and when life begins Uh, but the the topic is becoming chaotic people are fighting people are are not are there's they're stopping friendships over this topic that's that's how chaotic the topic has become uh racism we're seeing that in the media crazy like daily. yeah daily. it's just it's all you see just cops and 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 between people groups and whatever and trump and whatever's happening there suicides chaotic suicides have grown 24 percent since 1999 so between wow. 1999 and 2014 24 percent of an increase in suicide wow. that's crazy it's crazy that's chaotic crazy. right so for you to want to take your life it is your worldview it is something you're being exposed to but uh, uh, that type of increase 
it's it's a chaotic moment. It's causing chaos with people because when you when suicides happen, it doesn't just affect you, it affects everyone else, mm -hmm. right? Um, diagnosed mental illnesses on the rise. Just everyone has a mental illness. Everybody's on medication. Like you know, that's it, it, just what it is. Uh, for one reason or another, everyone you know. Everyone suffers from depression now. Everyone <laughs> suffers from depression, anxiety. Um, everyone suffers from you know bipolar. What I mean, just it's happening, and many cases are legit. Many cases are not legit. But our culture might be creating an environment where this is why people are suffering because work is insane and our bills and our family and the news and all this worry and whatever you know whatever's going on imprisonments murders the drug revolution pornography a billion dollar industry chaotic the 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 uh, the how much has just impacted our culture uh, all the different worldviews and on and on and on and on and on so there's a lot of different areas that we can explore when it comes to chaos um and you were talking about something interesting you had a good conversation today yeah well, um, I started thinking about what is chaos, you know, and um, well, chaos is like basically just disorder, right? Um, and I have a just a basic definition. Um, basically, it says a uh, complete disorder. So mm. it's kind of interesting to me the way that the you know the the um, dictionary kind of describes it. But it says a uh, complete destroy um, disorder and confusion. And then if you think about the antonym to that, it's order, right? Mm -hmm. And then I started thinking about man, like. What if, what is order if if it's the complete opposite of chaos, and so it gives me two definitions. Um, one for chaos, one for order, or this one's for no, order. No, this, this the order gives me two got definitions, it, it. Uh, and then the first one is an authoritative command, and we know that like if you mm. have a child or something, mm -hmm. hey, go give me a glass of water or something <laughs> like that, right? Go get the remote. Yeah, go <laughs> hey, hey, no, okay, no, but uh, and then the other one it would be an arrangement according to a particular sequence so mm. that's kind of like where we get if i'm going to put something in order like a books bookshelf mm -hmm. or something mm -hmm. like that and i started to think about this i'm like wow man like two things when i read the scriptures and when i read the bible it describes like god in genesis speaking life into existence that, that covers one of the things of order and mm. then the second thing of order is that he puts everything into a sequence of events like everything is perfected mm. you know what i mean so he not only speaks a command you know what i mean like so i'm like wow man this is blowing my mind with with just the way that god organizes it and then also different things like that and, and kind of like how people see order and chaos mm. you know what i mean we we clearly live in a, in a society that has chaos and stuff like that but like do people necessarily think chaos is bad you know you mm. know what i mean so well you and but you had a conversation earlier and, and you spoke to somebody you asked them that question you asked them about chaos what was the reply well uh it was basically um there's two forms of chaos like from chaos comes order right or does order come chaos and the response I got was, you know, chaos comes from order, but there's not a right or wrong answer. But in in certain circumstances, in certain yeah. circumstances, right. yes. But um, I think it just depends on the worldview of the per people. Mm. So, like, if I come from a biblical standpoint, I have to believe that God is the one that puts everything into order, right? Mm -hmm. But it seems like the opposite is true, right? Like with society, like. Um, 
and it's not necessarily their fault it's not anything bad but at the same time it's like it's the reality of life you know and it kind of resembles to me a quote and i'm gonna give it to you frederick nietzsche mm. he the he, atheist well he has two quotes one of them he says god is dead right and then the other uh quote that he has out of chaos comes order which is interesting to me because when I started thinking about like different things of science, I remember when I was younger, um, my science teacher talking about the, the law of thermodynamics. And Shout I'm out like to Mr. Jones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and one of the things uh, that always grasped me was like that he was saying that like, you know, there's there's multiple laws of, uh, you know, thermodynamics. One right. of them is that you can't create energy. Right. And thermodynamics is like heat transference. Right. Or or multiple things. It's not just that. Right. Uh, but the second law of ther thermodynamics is basically um, for um, the like entropy is basically a word that they the people are using now, and and uh, entropy is that things go. It basically means disorder, and so things go from an order from state from order right to a disorder state. Right, and that is a fundamental law. It's not a theory. So, so things are getting worse. Like yeah, the yeah, second, in, the in second law is means things are getting worse. Things yes. were in a proper order, in a proper way, and now as time progresses, yes. it just gets progressively worse. Progr it, goes, it gets worse. It, it gravitates towards, and you can see it. You can see it in your child. You can see it in, in your own room or your car, right? Was the last time you washed your car? Or have you ever, like, driven? <laughs> like, I don't know about you, but, like, whenever you drive a car that's, like, completely clean, you drive different, don't you? It's like Absolutely. amazing. You get oil changed. But what happens? That same day, a bug hits it. it the, this world is gravity. The law, you know, of yeah. entropy or basically the law of the thermodynamics. Not even that, just that, but it, it gravitates towards it. Hmm. That's interesting. So life itself. So if we talk about from the biblical context, uh, from creation, from the creation standpoint, the world started with an intelligent designer. He is the beginning. In the beginning, God. So the intelligent designer was the one who created order in the universe so that the universe could be formed and we have laws that are in place from a scientific standpoint in order for things to operate the way they do. If we're an inch to the left, inch to the right, we fry, we freeze, whatever, right? In the naturalist standpoint, y it's chaos. It starts from chaos. It starts so from chaos. Bang. So there was a big bang. Boom. Mm -hmm. And then from the chaotic situation came laws and order, and it just kind of put itself together. And the laws that are in place don't match with the beginning, Well, the it's which is insane. The crazy thing is that these definitions keep evolving, right? So let me give you a practical definition of a physics definition of chaos. This is a modern. I just got this. Okay. okay. Chaos. The formless matter supposed to have existed before the creation of the universe. Chaos. So Say that again. The formless matter supposed to have existed before the creation of the universe. The creation of the universe. Yeah, before. Okay. But it was the formless. Got it. So it's basically nothingness is chaos. Mm -hmm. uh, it makes no sense to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it, that's the that's the thought is that we would be getting better and stronger. And that's what evolution teaches. That's what naturalism teaches. You're getting bigger, faster, stronger. 
in some cases, maybe in m most cases, not. So just thinking from that from that standpoint to today, let's just talk about modern day. We've lost many cases because we're uh, you know we're on the devices and we use our iPhones and in many cases we've lost our natural or our primitive abilities to hunt, to to skin to 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 fight. In many cases, you watch people. Some people can't fight, right? We've lost many of what they would call primitive skills because we're now so advanced. But should all the advancement get shut down, right? Internet goes out, something goes out. Now you have to rely on primitive skills that you haven't developed in a very long time. So it's almost the opposite of evolution. You're supposed to be getting stronger in at least your primitive skills. In addition to that, you're getting better at additional skills. We're not doing that. We've actually lost our primitive skills in many ways should we have a need to go back we'd be mm. where we are um so yeah so i think that that's we talked last week these guys were out yo it was crazy so these guys after the podcast they were outside talking about life talking about all kinds of stuff till like midnight or something it was like oh. 10 o'clock 11 o'clock like midnight yeah like i i got out i put my baby to bed like at 10 30 it was like 11 o'clock <laughs> when you guys bounced um so you guys were talking about you were talking about something interesting about the the conspiracy behind the chaos that we're seeing right now in the world. Yeah, isn't it uh, Ordo Abkaya? Right? Ooh, what they follow <laughs> in the conspiracy <laughs> realm type of scenario is uh, chaos magic, and I have uh, a quote from someone who founded Chaos Magic. For those who don't know or have yet to check out, check out Conspiracies, one of our episodes behind. It talks about Aleister Crowley. Aleister Crowley is an influential person that even was involved in Chaos Magic. He was one of the founding members, I would say, of the magic that led to it, which was Sigil Magic, which his apprentice was uh, Austin Osmond Spare, who founded what is now known as Chaos Magic. And through Aleister wow. Crowley's teachings is what was the what created that the movements of the drug revolution the sexual revolution again chaos so mm -hmm. keeping on that thing all right so chaos magic is a primal form of practice that helps you change your uh, your circumstances so that you can throw off societal structures achieve freedom and strive to live according to a developing sense of personal responsibility mm -hmm. and that was quoted by phil hine in condensed chaos so what uh, is it supposed to mean so in essence I'll continue on something else he talked about, which was chaos magic. You've come to the realization that the world, the universe, and everything in it is merely a construct, and it's up to us to decide what to believe and what to discard. The world that you live in is not really the world. It's an illusion created by billions of people who perceive the world to be how it is. As a chaos magician, typically, they change their perception of the world, thus changing the world. Mm. So, so you purposely uh, create chaos. Or the chaos that's around you you manipulate to fit your needs mm, so you can have a destruction of a war that's going on in the world and for you it's the it's based on how you perceive that war going on so you can have your good guys your bad guys you can have your gains from it so you can they see it as energy so they can feed off that and sell weapons sell the news accordingly so capitalize so on the opportunity so you'll see a lot of news stations They'll have a short story about something that's going on, like immigrants, and then automatically, what do they put? Like the the special bulletin or the special news at seven, 
it's always something big that's happening mm. like to create fear or panic mm. chaos in essence but it's so that they can have their own structure so they use it as an opportunity they leverage an opportunity exactly. so chaos is 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 real in that moment they're leveraging an opportunity to expose it but also to get their benefit from it correct mm. yes you said something about a uh, shedding a shedding of self or something it's it's not really a shedding of self. It's finding yourself. Mm. So out of all the chaos you have, you find your purpose. That's wow. the essence. But it, you, but you need to almost maintain that chaos, because if you lose it, you lose. So it's always your opportunity. It's always keeping a chaotic Correct. structure, so you have no order. So you'll have a chaos magician. A lot of chaos uh, people that believe in chaos, they consider it like they're atheists. Or you'll have a lot of anarchists. So you'll have people that say, oh, we can run without a government. We don't need order. We'll just run and still establish our own laws and everybody will respect each other. Right. And then the purpose is to basically shed off the government or shed what you anything. think society yeah. is. So that you right? can develop your own sense. Wow. So everyone has their own free will. Right. But, but then everyone no has order. their own government. And really, whoever has the biggest guns is the one who's exactly. really going to be the government. Yes. Right. So that is just from chaos. You're going to create a so different type of order. Now the order is going to be governed by the, the the person who has the strongest power. Which what then comes to what oh. we were talking about before with Darwin when mm. we had that episode. So then evolution. So if I'm stronger than you, I don't need you around anymore. Wow. That's what it teaches. So get rid of, you know, in the in the Adolf Hitler standpoint, because that was a naturalistic mm -hmm. standpoint. Uh, let's get rid of everyone who doesn't have the intellect, who doesn't have the hair color, who doesn't believe in what we believe in. Let's rid them. Because we're the most powerful, most strong, and because we have the biggest army, we can go ahead and do that. So it's mm. it's Nazi Germany all over again. Wow. And that's just the state that you see that a lot now in just random people that you talk to in the street, even though they don't believe necessarily in chaos magic, it's now gone so perverted in our society and what we learn at, uh, growing up that now we think like that. In essence, if you're not strictly into a religious belief or a worldview a christian worldview that's what you believe so you'll have someone automatically just say like oh the world's messed up but yet i will live accordingly or i would do and follow my career choice i would do this this and that mm -hmm. ignore what's going on wow do you think order has like a definition and if it does what happens if we change that definition of order mm -hmm. i mean yeah I, you know, order, I guess order really, and, and, and that's a really good point, order has to have a reference point mm. to what is the order. So it's like morality. We, mm -hmm. the, our society claims and the world at large, the more, the more internet is starting to merge cultures and now, you know, the Bitcoin war to try to eliminate the, the, the regulations of money so we can create a more robust whatever is going on um, to where's the reference point. That's why Bitcoin's having a lot of issues because there's no backing. Like what is the reference point? There's a lot of dollars in the people who have interest, but there's still no backing to where that money goes to. So the reason why our money can be a certain amount is because we have things that back the dollar. So if we're going to trade, that's why there's backing. So if I go to but you, but it's really backed though the dollar, right? But but it's but it's, it's the, the the yeah exactly no you're right. But the value 
has a backing of some kind. So there has to be something where if I go to you in the most primitive sense, I have a cup of beans. You want the beans. How much do you want the beans? Because you want the beans so bad, these the value of these beans just went up for you and your family because you need them so bad for the health of your family. So now you're going to give me 40, 40 sacks of corn for this can of beans. Mm -hmm. And so that's the trade. But the value of this is high because there's a bat there's the demand so that's the backing so if we have a resource that people can look at and say we want the gold we want steel we want oil we all these countries that have that backing that financial backing that's why their dollars or their their currency is so high but in the same way there has to be a reference point so i think in the same way when we talk about morality morality has to have a reference point to hang its ha hat on you can't just say well i'm moral okay what makes you moral well i don't curse i don't I don't, I don't steal, I don't kill, so that makes me a good person. Yeah. Good person or moral as to what standard? There has to be a standard or a, or, or, or a reference point. In this case, it would be a law giver or, or, or the commencement of a law. Where do you get that? Yeah, it kind of reminds me of like this story um, about a lamb. Uh, <laughs> sounds so funny, right? <laughs> Mary had um, a lamb. <laughs> Mary had a little lamb. No, um, but, th th but this lamb was basically all white. And, and the reference point of this was that um, all the other lambs would look at it and be like, man, your, your fleece is so, so white that it's blinding me. Mm. And um, then it began to snow. And everybody was like, originally I thought it was white, but now you now look. Now it's yellow. Now you look yellow. And so it kind of shows like the reference point. What is the reference point of that, you know, of morality? What's the reference point? of truth what's the reference point of 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 order you know it makes me think of i remember a conversation i was having with you um you mentioned something like and it was coded or something where you said uh jesus's perfection his perfection made us kill him or something like no, that right um, you remember you know what i'm talking about yeah right? i know exactly um so i actually heard this um story from ravi zacharias got it um but basically uh, uh he's an apologetic uh, apologetic uh he defends the christian faith and uh, a person opposed a question to him and was like hey you know it was about good and evil and all stuff but he basically just describes to this person he says um what would happen if a person was you know free from from um imperfection was absolutely perfect and the, f the philosopher or whatever it wasn't ravi he was just describing the story and the philosopher said we would have no choice but to kill that person because his mere perfection would bring to light your imperfection mm. and it, it kind of goes to show you like when christ came he was the moral standard the Pharisees who, who thought they were completely in order were actually the ones in chaos. And God, who was supposedly in chaos, was the one in order. Yeah, it's the story of Paul. We talked about it last time where, you know, Paul was promoting this system and he thought he had it right. And when Jesus revealed himself to Paul, Paul having killed Christians, having been given giving orders to have Christians executed, um, you know, he, he didn't eat for days because of the reality that his worldview was turned upside down. And in the midst of having this moment, this, this chaotic moment emerged 
beauty, and that's kind of what you had you had referenced. Yeah, yeah. and it's it kind of goes to show you is all chaos bad, chaos bad. I don't think so. I, I feel like for me, the, the times that I've grown the most is probably the times that are at my worst moment. I don't know about you guys. but I mean, sometimes uh, in, in that aspect, then you have is religion in essence chaotic because then you have Oof. you have all you're following these doctrines. You consider yourself good. You're doing all these teachings accordingly. But yet you might not really be having a relationship with Christ. Wow. Is Jesus's words chaotic? I mean, they were at the time for sure. Yeah. You know, he's, he turned the world upside down. Yeah, he 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 changed the society. He went he he you know it was against the grain. So absolutely, he countercultural. He was absolutely countercultural. The issue though is you know in his in that in in the midst of that chaos, it came more chaos because they executed him in the most brutal manner possible. So when you look at it visually. The atheists can't, they can't, they can't grasp it. You know, uh, it says uh, in Corinthians, it says that the, uh, the cross is foolish for those who are not being saved. But to those who are being saved is glorious. And when we look at and we see this depiction that Jesus was executed for the sins of, of man, for humanity, who thinks that they're righteous. Because when Jesus came and he was talking to the Pharisees, he's like, look, I didn't come for the unrighteous. If you're good, keep being Good in, in, in quotes, um, but I came for those who are unrighteous. I came for those who are not good. I came for those who don't have it all together. And he died a death that was brutal, and it, and it, and it was the example of what love is and love having to be displayed in a very, in a very brutal, disgusting manner. But from that was absolute beauty. So, in a sense, Frederick Nietzsche, back to the quote, from chaos comes order? In some regards, in yes, some, right? In some, in some respects, it does. I will have to agree with that. Um, in the realm of creation, no. Oof. Big difference, right? It, it is different because you have, you have specific laws, scientific laws in place that refute that because the laws could not be in place if it wasn't for order to begin with. Mm -hmm. So I want to make this clear. It's not a theory. We're talking about laws here. We're talking right? about law. We, we can't change this. Yes. This they, it, it's there. It's, it's, an, it's not changing. So in that regard, yes. It, those things, it's foolish to believe that you can have order after chaos. Because there are specific laws that make it contradictory. But when you're talking from the social aspect and you're talking about uh, people growing in intellect, uh, uh, even even evolving or reforming from an emotional standpoint, you're going to have beauty that comes from chaos. You, you're absolutely going to have that. And the, really the way from a psychology standpoint for people to change their worldview is to go through a very dramatic experience, whether that means you you are in a place where um, it was it was just overwhelmingly tragic and was very difficult to get out of or you suffered a great deal or um, you were enlightened by knowledge. You were enlightened by a new understanding and it just took over you because you never saw it in that perspective and it's the light bulb went on. Mm. And when that light bulb went on, then you changed. 
But for people, for us to change, we have to go through some kind of event. It doesn't just happen. I can't just go up to you and say, you know, um, it's going to rain tomorrow. You know, you, if you, if you were standing there and you, you know, you got, you check the weather and stuff, you had to have the information in order to say, you know what, my behavior from today is going to change to tomorrow because it's going to rain. So I'm going to change that. But it doesn't change the scope of how you live your life, right? To change your worldview, it's how you view the world. And for that to take place, there has to be one of two things that happen or both at the same time. And in Paul's example, that's what happened. He went through an insanely tra uh, a traumatic event in seeing Christ and came in contact with new knowledge that he didn't have before. And he's just like, yo, everything that I believe, everything I did, just done. I was wrong. And Paul Washer, he talks about, he's like, I was wrong about everything. Everything I thought I believed, I was absolutely wrong. And so that's why he couldn't eat. Couldn't eat for days because he just couldn't fathom and his behavior just completely changed. And for us, that's, what, that's how many of us came to Christ. Was this, not many of us, all of us came to Christ because of a radical transformation and an encounter with the Holy Spirit. Yep. We all came, God rocked our worldview. He, he absolutely changed our perspective with, with new understanding, but also we, we endured circumstance where we saw we were sinners in, and we were enemies in comparison. In light of this holy God, we saw our position, we saw our status, and we couldn't measure up. That reality is what turned the light bulb on. And that's how people can come to Jesus. That's the, those are the two ways. It doesn't come in the form of, you know, beautiful things. Not any real believer that I know hasn't come to Christ in the midst of just beautiful events. If anything, they may have come to a knowledge of Jesus, but to really have a relationship with Jesus, you got to go through it. I was homeless. I was I used to practice magic like crazy, and then boom, I became homeless. And even even through that, it was people coming in talking about conspiracy and stuff like that. And that's how I came to the realization: just going to church talking to Mike, watching sermons and stuff like that. And then I was rocked. Mike even saw the demon that possessed me at the time, which was crazy enough. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that. And we actually have the full episode. Uh, I don't remember what number it is, but check out the episodes previous. It's, it's on there. It's all about G. I think it's about magic. I think it's the episode on magic. The cults. The cults. There you go. Check out the episode on the cults. And you will see witchcraft, all that. Go to all those episodes. Matter of fact, watch from episode one until episode tonight. All of that. <laughs> Just do a binge. Forget Netflix. Do a That's binge of Proof Beyond Read. That's it. That's yeah. a whole day. We got 24 episodes. That's it. Do it. The whole day. Skip work. Call out. You're, you're getting, you're getting Create fed. Chaos <laughs> <in> your <life. laughs> Create chaos in your life. <laughs> Call in. No PTO. <laughs> one boss. Got fired. Thanks, Mike. <laughs> Thanks, Mike. Appreciate the advice. Unemployment. Doing it. Um, you know, but but is some of the chaos that we're seeing, is some of it a result of an agenda? Of course, uh, there is this weather manipulation machine called HARP that uh, a lot of people like talking about saying that, oh, um, it's not true. It's not really going on. It's just uh, by chance or it's just nature in essence working out. So you have famous events happening where you'll see tsunamis in Japan. You see tsunamis hitting um like California, you'll see the earthquakes in Haiti. And you can even talk about something recent that happened, which is like the fires in California. When yet you research some of it and you'll see 
certain planes hitting at a certain level and then these government lasers being tested at certain locations that they can fire exactly to one certain point. So you'll see in the maps of the fires of California during while it's going on, some of the forests or some of the key houses of some important people at the time was just being destroyed while other houses were being like left like blank like it wasn't even being touched at the moment but yet the fire because it was so massive would just consume the whole thing because that's just what fire does but it was the initial starting point of certain of the fires was something uncalled for or something that you wouldn't even see by chance because you all know that if you just light up a match in a forest it'll start off small and then it would just engulf everything around it right so 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 some fire departments they'll do controlled fires yeah, in order exactly. to burn off some of the dry and then suddenly just like oh my god yeah. yeah exactly so it looked all controlled but yet we're seeing it just because it's massive so it's all chaotic but we're not seeing the order to it all mm. and that's mm. the, just the crazy things that we keep seeing so we have for example the the presidency right now or politics in general how it is now everyone freaks out or everyone is like chaos when the government was shutting down it's like oh what's gonna happen but yet Look at us today. The government's still running just fine. We have the president, even though everything I would say is chaotic in its sense. We see a lot of people, not how they were before, in the essence where they're, they're coming united to talk about a lot of the issues that are going now. So they're trying to bring order back into it. But he was just introduced, I would say, in the conspiracy world. You could research it or uh see the things that they have planned but he was introduced as an agent of chaos just to breed about or bring about all this chaos so that you have these racial tensions you have a lot of people talking about things but it's like i've mentioned before where it's going to be like the days of Noah, where we have like hidden knowledge and things actually coming to the light so the case so you're saying that uh, from the conspiracy standpoint um these things are supposed to be happening in order to do what? It's supposed to, you can see there's 10 laws. I don't know all of them. I do know we talked about it before in uh, the cults episode, but it's called the Georgia Guidestones. You can actually go to Georgia. I don't remember exactly the city, but you can go there. They clean it up every single day. It's about seven languages. It covers every single Somebody tablet. cleans them every day? Every day, yes. Wow, they that's pay pretty them. orderly. But it's basically laws that have to be implemented or things that have to happen. So it's considered a new world order or a perfect world. So you have depopulation. You have to have, instead of the chaotic everyone speaks about in a different language, you have just one language. You have, I mentioned this always, which is the Tower of Babel. So you had God use chaos in a sense where he baffled everyone. Mm. So that they don't get united, but they weren't building a tower. They were just trying to ascend or become above God. That's what a lot of people don't understand. They just read the story and they're just like, oh, we were building an actual tower, but it wasn't the tower. It was people coming united as a one world government, as you see right here, happening today with everything that's happening. And yet they were trying to ascend or they're trying to play the God card. I don't know if you guys seen the the robot that looks just like a human that they gave citizenship mm -hmm. to. No, I didn't. What? There's a citizenship. robot. There's a robot now that has a uh, citizenship. <laughs> I mean, I know some people don't got no citizenship. Yo, I'm, I'm, I know people that are fighting for the citizenship right now. Like, what's the deal with that? We have a robot now, but it's because man is trying to be like God. So they're taking God completely out of the equation. <laughs> so 
in essence, it falls back to the biblical worldview where it's sin became the introduction to chaos. You had order in the, the Garden of Eden, and then you had chaos when a man decided to be or follow his own beliefs or his own laws, which is in essence what chaos magic is. You create your own reality out of everything that's going on. So you choose what your worldview is or what you're going to make up of your reality. So all of the things that you're saying as far as the it, it's it's chaos that is that is purposefully created potentially right we're talking conspiracy right and and maybe there's a lot of evidence that can point in that direction some people who are listening might definitely say that's happening some people might say you're insane and that's why i usually i broke it down in the episode conspiracy which was you have your conspiracy truths that you can actually prove and then you have your conspiracy facts you can have your reptilian theories your atlantean theories but yet you automatically always come to the conclusion that there's a group of people that all you consider them the elites that are running certain aspects of the world. And those things you can say true. And when we talked about that in depth in that episode, we said even companies have people that are in the inner circle who yep. are making decisions on pay and benefits and so forth that the other people don't have any idea about, but they're making the decisions. Just exactly. like we can possibly say about people in power in the world standpoint, there is so much money out there that they're making specific decisions so th- to their benefit. Right. So they can mm-hmm. sit in a room, they can mingle and they can say, you know what, we want to go in this direction because we have so much money. We can do that. I think it's so easy when you're one of those elitist people uh, to want to create chaos, because when there is ca- create uh, when there is created chaos, they're usually not affected. So if there's famine, if there's war, if there's a lack of money or food, they always have enough. You know what I mean? So it's so yep. easy. So it goes back to that survival of the fittest thing or that mentality because they would know they would want to create it. They want to they want less people on here. They want they want more power. Right. Or even as like I usually always point out is if you decide to create chaos, it just means you have a way to get out of chaos or you have a way to solve the chaos so that you become the savior in the end. Like it's calculated chaos. Exactly. It's not, it's not chaos for se- for just being chaos. Right. It's, like it's it's chaos to usher something in. There's an agenda that we want to usher so in. So something close by, which is uh, something I continue to talk about with my friends, which is this might touch a lot of people uh, in sensitive areas, but you have 9-11. If it wasn't for 9-11, we would not have the security levels we have now in the United States. That's just plain as day. We would not be as big brothery as we were like 10, 20 years ago. I mean, some people would say that's a good thing. Some people would be in agreement with it because of the heightened security and they feel safer. Some people would say, no, you're taking away our rights. So I guess it depends on the perspective of how you view it. Um, but the, f- the fact remains, if not for this event, this wouldn't have happened. So in order to usher in, either intentionally or unintentionally, this is the result. So... The people sitting at this table, the people listening, probably would never know the true intent, right? But even in the 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 any of any any agendas that there are, you know, whether it's the confusion on on racism or the confusion on gender dysphoria or the confusion of when does life begin or the confusion of the, all of those things, there 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 could be. Uh, uh, someone behind it who's benefiting it, benefiting from it financially. And you mentioned it before, where 
people are capitalizing on the chaos. So war, you capitalize on war. There's chaos. You'll you see build a lot weapons. Of news stations capitalize a lot of about that. Correct. So they'll put always the tragic thing that's happening in one area, and they'll put it as fake news because sometimes they'll have higher agents. So. They'll hire actors sometimes as well. So it looks all chaotic. Everything's happening just to implement something else. So a lot of the things that go on is for gun control, for example. We have a lot of situations that's happened. We had uh, the pole shooting close to home to us. And then you have automatically that same day you'll have people shouting out, we need gun control. We need this and that, but it's always to regulate their own sense of order. Right. So you use that to leverage your campaign. I've been campaigning for it for 10 years. It finally happened. Let me move forward. And so I wonder, you know, in that same mindset, then, you know, where where do you go from there? So how do you respond? How do we respond as Christians in light of the scenarios that we see around us? What do you think? What I always always say is you always lean back to god regardless of anything that's going on you always go read your bible make sure that even you can't let it consume you in a sense because i know a lot of times i get into a lot of conspiracy talks and a lot of people talk to me saying that geo what why are you doing this this and that i don't let it consume me to that point because you get lost in all that chaos itself instead of seeking or Holding on to a firm foundation, you can easily lose yourself. You can easily go into depression. You can easily go into anxiety because you're always worrying about what's going to happen. Mm. Instead of having Jesus coming to him and just being at peace. Yeah, I think it's uh, down to the perspective that you have. Like a lot of times, like it's um, like your attitude towards something. So like the way that you receive the information, like, you know, um, two people can go through something similar, Mm -hmm. you know, but one person perceives it differently so i feel like you know when it comes down to to chaos sometimes chaos is the the reason that you have the way that you think you know i mean the the reasons that the the things that you have gone through is the person that you have Mm -hmm. become you know and then on the other side of the spectrum you know people internalize that differently and end up chaos has become the, the reason why they're either on drugs or on some other thing you know what i mean so I think when it comes down to it, you hit it on the, you know, the nail on the head, you know, is uh, is that you have to put God first, I believe. Like, you have to really, because he has to be the source, because chaos is always going to be there. It's a law. Like, it's always going to be in our lives. Maybe it's progressively getting worse, but... From a cultural, societal standpoint? Yeah, yeah. From a culture standpoint, maybe it's getting worse. Maybe it's getting better in some some regards, but... um, if you if you put God in the center of your of your mind and your thinking, then no matter what you go through, you you always know that this is this is all temporal. Mm-hmm. You know, even though this is a so chaotic, our future kingdom is not chaotic; it's peaceful. So even even though we we struggle with temporary chaos, we have the hope of of the future of of the kingdom of heaven, kingdom of God. You know. Yep. So it says in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 14, it says, um, I'll read from verse 13. Until we all attain the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried by every wind of 
doctrine, or in some translations says philosophy, by human cunning, uh, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head uh, into Christ, for whom the body joined is held together by every joint with which it is equipped when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. So it's it's this view of order for us to operate, for us to progress. It has to be an or, into an orderly fashion, but we must navigate through the chaos. We can't get caught up and getting tossed around by every wind of philosophy, all these doctrines that come up and deceitfulness. I remember, you know, even getting getting hung up on some of the, the conspiracies or even some of the things that we were getting caught up in, you start to just become very, you, you just, I don't know. Yeah, you just don't know how to respond to the world. You become numb after a while. Because that's all you see. You see everything is, yeah, yeah, we remember breaking down music videos and we were breaking down movies and we just be like, man, I can't watch TV. I yep. can't listen to nothing on the radio. I can't do this. I can't do that. And you and you just like, everything is evil. Yes. <laughs> that's the point. Yes, everything is chaotic. Everything has made themselves enemies of God. And God, through Christ, is submitting all things to himself. He's bringing everything back into surrender to himself so that at every knee shall bow, every tongue confess that Jesus is Lord. They'll do it one of two ways. They'll do it voluntarily because they fell in love with Christ or it's the iron rod. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's just here it is. Um, And so, you know, our goal and our mission is is to be people that are so in line with the gospel, so in line with the word of God that when we come in contact with things that we understand and we realize that they are intentionally deceitful to create chaotic situations in our lives so that we can neglect God and start to respond to our own desires so that we can become our own God. We build our own Tower of Babel. We lift ourselves up. We can't have that. Um, That's not God's will for our life. He does promise suffering. You're going to suffer. The, the, the apostles were not the void of suffering. In fact, there was chaos in order for us to say there are X number of millions of Christians around the world. Because if it wasn't for that suffering, if it wasn't for the bloodshed, I forgot who it was that said it. I don't know if it was Tertullian or someone that's, you know, there, there has never been an entry uh, of a Christianity into an unreached people group without bloodshed. That's just what it is. So there has to be moments of suffering. There has to be moments of chaos for there to be a, 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 a new change or a progression in the thoughts and the lives of people. And sometimes you go from a population that is totally on fire for Jesus, and then you go in that same population, and they're just totally not on fire for Jesus. And we see that in Scripture. Some of the areas, some of the towns, like Turkey, or uh, countries, that uh, where th- it was it was rampant Christianity at one point, or that you know it, it got consumed by the thoughts and the ideas of the world, they fell off, and now that place is a is a desert when it comes to having a relationship with Jesus. Yeah, I heard I heard statistic. It said I think uh, in Iran, 
it was 1.5 million Christians, and then um, I think that was about 10 or 15 years ago, um, and then like maybe like five years ago when the statistic took place, uh, that's about 150,000. So look at that drastic. I mean, was that 90 percent or something? I don't know. And we don't know the, pr- the even the reason behind the stat. Yeah, though, I don't. Know, yeah. I don't know the reason, but um, one it's kind of showing you where the times are going. It's showing you, you know. We, we, we make our own way, you know, that, and that's, that's, that's the point, is, is, is until we get to the place where we can have that deep relationship with our maker, the one who created us, the one who, who, who sets the standards, until we can go back to that place, we will always live in chaos. Like, that is our future. Is, it's one thing to go through chaotic moments and emerge from there. It's another thing to live in constant chaos and confusion and allowing the winds and the waves of the world to just overtake us because we have no sound doctrine. We have no sound understanding. We don't have a true worldview. We haven't identified who we belong to or what our value is in life. We haven't done it, nor, nor do we have the capacity to do it. Um, it. It's all us surrendering to Christ, that he would show us, that he would give us uh, the truth that we need, because I think uh, you have mentioned the end times that um, that all what is it knowledge will increase, but truth will be suppressed. Yeah, so um, in the Revelation, it talks about that. It talks about like um, in the end when uh, Jesus returns, that there will be ever increasing knowledge, but unable to grasp tr- what truth is. You know, so I feel like that's where we live in right now. We live in a time where. You know, we're smarter than ever. We have the internet. We have Google. If you think back 25 years ago, like, I was fortunate to have an encyclopedia in my house. And I was and yeah, I was yeah. uh, one of the few, you know. And uh, that was how I got information. But now you see information just at the fingertips. Mm-hmm. You see information in your literally in your fingertips with the phone, you know. So if you ever have a question, you always just go to Google. But what's happening is, even when I was doing research on the, the law of thermodynamics was that it wasn't the quite the definitions that um, my science teacher had. And I, I had to look for it. And uh, it, it, it was the true definition, uh, you know, but it seems like things are changing. Like whatever the definition is, if you don't have it in print, it's kind of like that Orson Welles book, 1984. Uh, there was a burning of the books, right? In the, in the It was kind of like a, a prelude of what, what, what a society is w- when it's controlled, right? And uh, it's funny that it's a burning of the books, but not burning of the computers. Because the burning of the books is printed copies. It's something that is probably more verifiable than uh, something on Wikipedia that someone can edit. You know what I mean? And in, in seconds, that yeah. That's the society we live in. We, we are smarter than ever, but yet we are more dumb than ever. And and I think it was um, man I forgot who where the quote came from. Forgive me for not knowing the quote, but it, it's like um, technology has ushered in or brought about improved means for us to obtain more damnable ends. So the fact that we have more access to technology and more access to information, we we can embrace the truth. We, we we've gone so far into it that even the knowledge that we have or that we think we have, we don't even apply it in the right way. It's just facts. It's just material. 
and we move on to the next thing right after. There's no meditating on it. There's no thought. There's no dialogue. Yeah. It's just, oh, this is what it says, and then we, we, we're bored. And, and it's just strange in that way because it, it causes for us to how do we respond to that it, um i was actually speaking to my wife like maybe last week and um i heard this from somewhere and so i gave her a story i told her um there was two guys both of them up are up for a job interview the first guy um the the boss likes both of them right but the first guy he, he the last question that he he gives to the the, in, uh, the guy that's getting the interview is saying how tall is the building that we're currently at and so the the guy that's getting interviewed is like, um, well, I looked on your website. He, this building is approximately 654 feet. And so the guy's like, wow, that's fantastic. Okay, have a good day. The next interview, the inter uh, guy that was getting interviewed, he, um, the, the interviewer asks him the same qu last question. And he says, how tall is this building? And he go, um, the guy being interviewed says, I don't, I don't quite know. But if you give me a moment, I'll be right back. So he goes outside. He measures. He sees the shadow of the building. He measures the shadow, and then he comes up with some calculations. And uh, of course, he uses calculator. He's not that crazy. But he goes back I was up. Gonna say, like, it's taking <laughs> yeah. forty-five minutes for the interview. Yeah, yeah. Hey, you know, I'm back with the abacus. <laughs> so. No, but he comes back and he says, you know, based on some calculations, it's not. It's around six hundred and fifty feet. Um, based on the shadow of what I saw, and so he goes, "Thank you very much." And Yo, so you I hire that dude on the spot. Like, the, what are the they doing? The reality is, I asked my whole wife, um, "Which person would you hire?" And she said, "The first one." Uh, and I asked her why, um, and she said, "Because he got the right answer." And I told her, I said, "We had a conversation for about an hour after." I said, "Well, you hired the wrong person because." The manager is the one that can think. See, the, the, the first person had the right answer, but he regurgitated the answer. He was unable to process the information, but the manager was the one that can... Comes up with the solution. Come up comes up with the solution. <laughs> and she was like, whoa, that's crazy. So we were both blown away. And no, that's fire, because if you think about it, a lot of the things that I read in the beginning when I talked about human trafficking and the drugs and... STDs and all this stuff, uh, much of the perspective of why we go about wanting to, to pursue and indulge in our sin is because of today's influence. Not saying that in the time periods past, this wasn't true, right? The time periods past, there was rampant of, of a lot of things, but there was also the influence of a certain group of people. That's why you mm -hmm. respond to it. You're responding to to a group of people approving of your sin. You have a desire in your heart. There's there's sinful desires that you want to carry out. And there's people in front of you that are in higher positions that are approving your desires, hence you carry them out. We see that now, where media is our higher power. Media is the one pushing it. So if you have a name, if you have a reputation, if you have some letters after your name, PhD, or your senator so-and-so, or your CEO of whatever corporation, suddenly that person has given you approval to, uh, to, to engage in the sinful desires of your heart. So if that person did it, why not? I had a friend, we were talking yesterday, and you know, I, I said a word that I won't say here, right? It was a choice word that 
you know, I don't necessarily see it as a as a curse word. He didn't feel like it was. It, it's not a curse word to him, but he wouldn't think I would say that word, and I'm not going to say the word. Um, yeah, right. It's it's not that serious, right? But I won't say it because based on his response, I thought, okay, maybe other people are going to feel like it's offensive. So I said the word. He was like, Mike, I didn't realize you you say words like that. And I was like, what are you talking about? And he's like. And by me saying that, yo, he just started cursing. <laughs> he just went off. Wow. Yo, he just was like, yo, you've given me. So he said, I see you in a certain way. Like, I see you in a certain, in a certain platform. And the fact that you said that, like, you just gave me approval. And he just went, and that's all his, the, the dialogue was just him doing. You know, and, that, and that's what makes it interesting is that in this case, what we're talking about now is the behaviors that we're seeing that I listed off earlier a lot of those behaviors are in response to people saying it's okay. Go ahead and carry out all of your sinful desires. Yeah. Go ahead. We have an agenda we want to carry out. We want you to be confused by your gender. We want you to be confused by, uh, by the truth behind the use of sexuality. We, we want you to be confused as to the relationship, the marriage relationship. We want you to be confused in these areas because we have an agenda we want to push. So we have the dollars that we're pushing behind our campaign you're absorbing it because you cannot think for yourself. And since you cannot think for yourself and you rely on the device, you rely on the service, got you. You're going to behave in the way we want you to behave. It becomes groupthink. It's group, 100% groupthink. The marketing phenomenon, groupthink. Mm -hmm. Everybody's around the table and everyone is on, in agreement at all times. They all nod their head and they move forward. And the moment you disagree is the moment where, why are you hating me? Yes. Or what, what is your problem? There's like, conflict. So organizations now are, are trying to promote healthy conflict to say, hey, this is our way to advance ourselves, but you still have back channeling. You still have people that don't like them because they disagree with their idea. That's the same thing today. You see that same thing today. You have Democrats and you have Republicans and you have uh, those who believe in socialism, those who believe in capitalism. You have those who are pro-life and who are those are pro-choice. And you have these people that they can't sit at a table. They hate each other so bad. They, they, it's it's not chaos that leads to beauty. It's the chaos that leads to separation. It, it's chaos that leads to further chaos. But ultimately, at some point, you're going to have to sit at the table. You're going to have to talk things out. You're going to have to figure things out. There's going to have to be some kind of agreement. And at that point, you might come to a consensus where, well, the things that we had done before or the things that we had believed before probably were the right things. Or, man, we were both wrong from the get. Or we agree to disagree. Potentially. But, but that, that, it actually is counter to what the culture at large is trying to promote. They're trying to promote a utopian system. So we can agree to disagree, but how do we move forward? That's the key. How do we there go? There has to be one defining There has to be. The there, there's always going to be. So you have to make so a choice. In, in this new system, you cannot agree to disagree. There has to be a unity. You can say that. You can say we can agree to disagree and we can have a sandwich after today. But the reality is for us to move forward, we have to have some kind of consensus. So we have to, you have to compromise. So what would happen or if you I'm, have to compromise? <laughs> what would happen if I'm in, uh, immovable in my beliefs? Then somebody has to move. You get removed. Somebody that's, has to that's move. The essence. Somebody has to move. So whoever has the greatest influence, whoever has the most, the deepest pockets, you're going to move. Uh, how? 
they're going to make you move. Somebody's going to oh, make some, you move. Oh, oh, that's kind of strong. Somebody's right? going that, to make you move. They're going to bring a forklift and cut you out your bed. So they <laughs> wanted to take my gun so I can't protect. Oh, okay. I got it. They're going to barge in. Oh, I Take your gun. At some point. I mean, you see that in a lot of those, uh, I, I forget his, uh, the actor's name, but the, the guy that throws out those Rapture movies. Where uh, uh, Cam- James, James, no, Cameron, not James Cameron. Something uh, Cameron. Kirk? Kirk Cameron. Is it Kirk <laughs> that's, that's a t- <laughs> James Cameron, Kirk Cameron. James t- Cameron, Titanic. <laughs> <laughs> that's a two financial di- differences. <laughs> Well, it's it's so it's one of those, but you see that where you have uh, all this going on with the Antichrist, everyone's united, and then you have just that one Christian guy that just stands up and he's just talking about like, oh, we have to go back to Jesus, but yet he get like gets removed or hanged or something like that. Mm-hmm. That's what it will come to in the end. <laughs> My bad, I'm laughing because I'm thinking if if James Cameron had directed those movies, they would have been way better. And then. <laughs> There would be a T three thousand or an alien or something like that. Way better production, yeah. anyway. Um, no, it's true. It's true. I mean, that's what happened in, in times past. Even Christianity is guilty, mm-hmm. or those that claimed Christianity. We have to be careful. Where you know the representatives of Christianity at that time that said they were Christian that didn't adhere to biblical truths or 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 the example of Christ, then. You can really call into question whether it was Christianity when they would force certain behaviors. So the behaviors that they would want to impose was that they just killed witches or, you know, they killed Muslims in response to saying you have to come to Christ. And if you don't, we chop your head off. That's God. That's not the way like God didn't put a gun to our head for that to happen. He's if you read scripture, Jesus clearly says, if you think you're good, then keep being good. I'm coming for those who are broken. So there's a response factor. It's not, I cut your head off if you don't come to Jesus. That's, that's actually opposite of what the gospel is. Like, it, you're, not, you're not in a place where, um, you know, from a humanistic standpoint, from the human perspective, we're not called to go out and cut people's heads off and hang people so that we can make them examples so everyone can be scared enough to come to Jesus. Mm. Um, God's in charge of putting that fear in your heart. To say there's separation from me. Do you realize what that means? Do you realize what that looks like? You are you are an enemy of mine, and there is uh, there is an eternity that is separate from me. Do you realize what that is? Do you know who I am? Being in awe of who He is, and what the consequences are of that separation. And then this is the solution. We provide you the solution in Christ. Um, and so it, it's different. But in that same respect, you know, it, it, it could be it's that it's it's you know, a, a religious system that got it wrong, forcing people for certain behaviors that, you know, they, they want people to move in that direction. So I don't know. You know, I, I think overall the, the topic is is a tough one because there's so much to it. But I the essence of what we're trying to cover today is that Christ is supreme. And in spite of anything that you're experiencing right now, in spite of any of the, you know, the things that we talked about, whether you are addicted to drugs, maybe you've made poor decisions with your sexuality. Maybe you're confused with your your gender. You're confused about life as a whole. You have some moral framework, but you don't really know where that's coming from. 
Um, you know, maybe you're at war with people in your family because of differences in politics, politics or, or anything else. Um, get rooted in, in Christ. Get rooted in, in the truth of Scripture, the timeless tr- truth of Scripture. Um, and the fact that in him, in Jesus, um, there is no classes. There are no economic divisions. There are no political divisions. Uh, Christianity is the only religion where you don't get in because you're part of a certain group. You're in because of Jesus. And that's it. There is no, you know, wise or unwise. There is no, like, this is it. You, there's Christ and then there's everybody else. And we are all fall short of of God's glory. Um, and so, you know, I think just having that understanding and, and, and being able to to reflect on all that you are in light of all that he is and realizing that he is enough for all circumstances. And so get in your word, um, get into a, a church that is gospel centered. Hit us up if you have any questions, proofbeyondreason at gmail.com um, or our Facebook page, our Instagram that G just put up not too long ago. Um, get at us. Uh, we, we definitely would love to even chop it up with you, pray with you. We'll, we'll be praying for you that, um, you know, the chaos that's going on in your life, there's, there is beauty uh, at the end of it. There is hope, and that hope is Jesus. Um, so we love you. We're, 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 um, we're out. Uh, again, check out our, our boy, uh, Soja, um, Soja I Am. It's SojaIAM.com. Um, he, has, uh, he has really good... Uh, content, really good concert presence. He has really good music, so check him out. He's always putting out new things, uh, soldierim.com. And check out Geology with his book. Definitely, um, uh, if you want a copy, send us a message, and he will send you a link uh, to the publisher so that you can purchase the book. Uh, and that's it. Just signing out. Mike the Baptist. Geology. J-Mo. Yeah. Love y'all.